Submarine Commander Hare, make all preparations for getting underway, please. Commencing one last sweep and return of the school grounds and securing all doors ready for school silent running. All knuckle-draggers and air-breathers have been self-isolated above sea level. Periscope is down and crew are preparing the home learning depth charges and loading up the free school meal torpedoes. Captain Savoy, Submarine H of H is ready to submerge. Submarine Commander Hare, set depth to six months. Operation COVID-19 is good to go. Dive, dive. <laughs> Hello, I'm Claire Savoy. And I'm Adam Hare. And welcome to this very special edition of Heading for Headship. In a change from our usual podcast, we have put together a programme that will guide you through the COVID-19 pandemic for your school. So sit back, relax and allow us to be your very own Corona Crisis Combat Coordination Coping Coach. As the nation enters a period of national lockdown and following the runaway success of our first series Still available on iTunes, Google Podcasts and a variety of other listening platforms The DfE have commissioned us to provide all leaders, aspiring and experienced with some guidance, information and advice on how to manage coronavirus within your own school communities The COVID-19 pandemic presents schools with a logistical nightmare on a scale that head teachers have never seen before Forget the time you had to prioritise organising a sports day on the same day as SATs whilst an angry parent was knocking at your door just as the boiler broke, flooding all the toilets, and your deputy head was nowhere to be seen due to a chronic case of diarrhoea. Coronavirus is one in-tray challenge that outdoes them all. It will require quick thinking, clear communication, and every attempt to try and pass the buck. So allow Heading for Headship to take you out of the in-tray and into the fire. We've set up our very own HFHHQ COVID-19 Lockdown Super Centre. With our free school meal donation distribution point, our distance learning hotline and our very own quarantined Ofsted inspector answering all your FAQs, we've got everything heads need for their viral survival. But first, our roving reporter Jonathan Monkton, who just happened to be visiting a primary school as news about the coronavirus began to spread. Here he is with part one of his very special... Ahead in Headship Report. When I was asked to visit Carefree Community Primary School, it was with the sole purpose of headteacher Jennifer Humble being able to share her radical new approach to school learning, one school, one classroom, where every child in the school is taught in the same room, hand in hand, learning together. Jennifer was explaining the details of her maverick take on primary education when she received a phone call that she would later describe as one of those phone calls you really wish you didn't have to take whilst being in the same room as a reporter. Okay, sure. So my vision is a direct response or challenge, if you will, to the current education system's fixation with children working towards fixed yearly objectives. Ah, like like age-related expectations. All that nonsense, yes. By putting every child from nursery to year six in the school hall together... We are taking away these unnecessary restrictions. There's no ceiling on any child's journey. If an 11-year-old is drawn to the post office role-play area, who's to say that won't be a meaningful life experience? All right, no ceiling, right. Um. Likewise, if a six-year-old wants to write a suspenseful narrative inspired by the life of Jack the Ripper, who are we to stand in their way? Uh, uh, Jack the Ripper, six-year-old, yes, uh, of course. 
age shouldn't dictate what we teach or what a child needs to learn. Um, might one large open space make children more at risk to catching coughs and colds? Are you aware of the term herd immunity? Uh, whatever doesn't kill you only makes you stronger? Um, something like that, yes. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Jen, but I've got Judith on the phone. OK, can it wait? I think you're going to want to take this. Is she all right? Let's just say we now know the reason she didn't turn up today. She's still on that bloody cruise. Sorry, Jonathan. Uh, would you be able to put it on speakerphone? I don't think that's a pro- Sure. Michael, I don't care what the captain told you. Go and put those towels on the loungers. I'm not risking sitting by the funnel again. Hello, Judith. Jennifer, is that you? Yes, Judith. Why are you not in school? Well, I'm on a cruise ship. I thought you were returning on Friday. You're meant to be in school. Yes, thank you, Jennifer. I'm quite aware of that. Michael should be hosting a spring luncheon at the Rotary Club, and yet, here we are. Yes, Judith. I'm still not sure why you're not in school. Or why you didn't follow the staff reporting an absence procedure. Who's that? Is that Ian? Hello, Judith. I'm afraid I don't have time for your silly little policy right now, Mr Flannel. I've got slightly bigger problems to overcome. Michael! Michael! Not those ones, the ones by the jacuzzi. Judith, why are you still on your cruise? Have you not heard? Heard what? We're on total cruise lockdown. We've dropped anchor just off Naples and we're not allowed off the ship. Good God, that's terrible. You don't need to tell me that, Jennifer. They've even started limiting the number of times you can go to the breakfast buffet. I told them Michael needs at least two eggs a day to keep him regular. So what are you going to do, Judith? Well, open up a window in our cabin for starters. No, not about Michael, Judith. What are you going to do about coming home? Michael! Michael! That Belgian woman is taking our towels. Stop her. I'm sorry, Jennifer. I've got to go. But Judith, wait. She's gone. Great. Uh, to be fair, you really do have to keep an eye on the loungers when on a cruise. Yes, thank you, Jonathan. Ian, we're OK for supply cover for Judith, aren't we? Yeah, fine, but Jennifer, how long do you think she'll be stranded for? Knowing Judith for as long as she can. Anyway, Jonathan, where were we? Uh, yeah, you were talking about herd immunity. What? Oh, yes. But let's not worry about that for now. Let me let me talk you through our curriculum. Uh, the one with the six-year-old writing about mass murderers? Yes. Our curriculum is designed to engage all learners at all times. And... Ian, did Judith say she was just off the coast of Naples? I, uh, I think so. Why? Oh, God. You don't think... What? Coronavirus. What? Coronavirus. What? I, I'm sorry, Jenna. I can't hear what you're saying. Jonathan, would you mind giving us five minutes? Oh, uh, of course not. Uh, not a problem. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll just be outside. Funnily enough, uh, a similar thing happened to me last week. Oh, yeah? My return flight nearly got cancelled. I was stuck waiting on the runway for hours before we finally took off. Where were you? Uh, mainland China. Just outside Wuhan. As I waited outside Jennifer's office, I was struck by how seriously she was taking the absence of a member of staff. Staff safety was clearly important to her, and she was very keen that her deputy understand this, as she was using a series of very loud words to make sure that he understood. But little did anyone outside her office know that a crisis was quickly developing. A crisis that would place the school at the centre of the coronavirus pandemic. In fact, 
Jennifer would later confide in me that my arrival at the school coincided with the very moment the school would need to start following its emergency planning protocols. Luckily, I would be there to capture every moment. Jonathan Monckton there with the first part of his Ahead in Headship report. Now, with many schools closed but not really closed, one of the largest challenges facing school leaders is making sure that vulnerable families continue to get a good lunch. In a moment, we will be visiting our free school meal donation distribution point to find out more about how this is being managed. But first, we sent Adam Hare out onto the streets of a local school to find out how families are coping with social distancing when out in their local community. It's unusually quiet here on the streets surrounding this everyday primary school. No cars, no ice cream vans, no truanting children smashing up wing mirrors and doing wheelies at full speed. The only noise now, in fact, is my own voice when I'm talking like I am now. But there are a few families venturing outside for their daily bout of exercise or visit to a local shop. And I want to ask them how they're coping with the government's new social distancing measures. Obviously, I'll be keeping my distance, but, ah, hang on, here comes someone now. Uh, hello? H hello? Yes, you. Uh, how are you coping with the government's new social distancing measures? Sorry, I can't hear you, mate. I said, how are you coping with the government's new social distancing measures? I said I can't hear you. Right, I can't actually hear you. I don't know what you're saying. No, I said, I can't actually hear what you're saying. Right, I, I, I can't come any closer. No, don't you come closer. No, I said I can't come any closer. You need to get back indoors, mate. What? Ah, oh. uh, I, I couldn't really hear him. Okay, uh, let's try these people coming out of that shop over there. Uh, hello? Oh, hello. Uh, how are you coping with the social distancing? Oh, I see. Well, yes, I, I think you raise a very good point. Couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. What an interesting point of view. Uh, did, did we get that? Oh. Well, well uh, let's see if I can get a little closer to this lady here. Um, excuse me. Uh, hello. Yes, I, I see you're wearing a face mask. Right. I, I can't actually make out what you're uh, what you're saying. Yes, I'm still not quite getting that. Okay, thank you. Yes, no, thank you. Uh, no, no, leave me alone now, please. Claire, back to you. No, get back. Adam there, bringing you the voice of the people. Now, I'm here at our free school meal donation distribution point. Joining me is the director of the distribution centre, the man responsible for feeding the nation's vulnerable families, Martin Celery, CEO of Waste Not, Want Not. Good morning, Claire. Martin, your company is the country's leading distributor of end-of-the-line factory scraps. Like my father always said, Claire, if it's good enough for the factory floor, it's good enough for our customers. Your father started the company, didn't he, and even coined the company's slogan. Nothing ever helps. That's right, Claire. Now, you've been busy loading up food parcels for lots and lots of families up and down the country. I wonder if we can take a look inside one of your hampers. Certainly, Claire. I have nothing to hide. Uh, let's have a look at this one. Now, ooh, what have we got here? Oh, a lovely pack of butter. Pack of butter in every single hamper, Claire. 
it says cooking butter on the packet here. Well, what can I say, Claire? It cooks as well as it spreads. Made of 80% margarine substitute and 20% chicken oils. It's lovely stuff, Claire. It really is. Now, uh, what else have we got in here? Uh, oh, a loaf of our special sliced bread. What's special about it? It's made entirely of end slices. I see. And what's this lumpy, yellowy orange? That is our ball of a thousand cheeses. And how much does it cost to make up one of these bags, Martin? Well, once we've bulked it out with a packet of triple salted crisps and a couple of Mr Crappling fondant slices, the trade price is 87 pence. And the cost to schools? 11 pounds per hamper. That's quite a markup, isn't it? It's the cost of distribution, Claire. The bags, the people to pack them. I thought they were all volunteers. And they're doing a cracking job. Thank you, Martin, for giving us a fascinating look into how vulnerable families are being supported during this challenging time. Let's go back now to Jonathan Monckton and his Ahead in Headship report. We rejoin Jonathan at Carefree Community Primary School as head teacher Jennifer Humble begins preparing her school for a coronavirus lockdown. It's been three days since I first visited Carefree Community Primary School and, although the accusation that I have brought coronavirus into the school following my recent trip to China are as yet unproven, I have agreed to wear a protective hazmat suit for the rest of my stay. As COVID-19 tightens its grip around the country like a waistband around a Christmas tummy, headteacher Jennifer Humble gathers her SLT in for a huddle albeit one where everyone is kept two metres apart, for some strategic emergency action planning. Right, first things first, we need to know our staffing situation. Well, Mike's diabetic, so he's out. Uh, Karen's pregnant, so so is she. Uh, Ken's asthmatic, and Judith, well, Judith isn't exactly self-isolating, but she is stuck on a cruise ship just off the coast of Naples. Is that everyone? Well, look, I hate to break this to you, Jennifer, but I was looking at the vulnerable criteria earlier and... I'm afraid I identify as a vulnerable adult. Really? What's wrong with you? Uh, there's a history of weak immunity in my family. You've never mentioned that before. It's on my mother's side. Uh, her second cousin married a man whose stepbrother's cousin has a son with a weakened immune system. I think I need to self-isolate. Um, uh, sorry for interrupting, but I'm not sure that's how hereditary conditions work. Oh, what do you know, Darth Vader? Ian, he's right. You're not self-isolating. But... But nothing. OK, so it looks like we might be able to put together a skeleton staff structure, but that all depends on how many children will be coming in. Is there really no news on key workers yet? Not at present, no. What about you, Neil Armstrong? Um, sorry, me? Yes, you. Haven't you got any inside sources that have leaked information to the press? Um, well, I did hear something about frontline NHS workers being classed as key workers, but uh, don't tell anyone you heard that from me. Useless. Absolutely bloody useless. Jennifer, sorry to interrupt, but can I have a word? Yes, Jackie, what is it? Well, I was just trying to sort out a rotor for our first aiders, but I'm afraid none of them are going to be able to come in. What's wrong with them? Well, where do I start again? Joan thinks she's a... Uh got coronavirus because she walked past a sneezing baby on the way home yesterday, so she's self-isolating. Mary's back, is playing up again, poor thing. June is suffering from a uh, trapped nerve. Sarah has a very bad case of dandruff, and uh, the rest have all clubbed together to identify as a vulnerable group as they have a combined BMI score of 205. Great. So our first aiders are in fact the unhealthiest group of adults in the entire school. 
Hang on, what about Kelly? Kelly says she's not coming in if nobody else is, which I think is fair enough. Well, that's that then. We can't open the school at all if we can't offer first aid. It does seem that way, I'm afraid. I will get my coat. Ladies, see you in September. This is ridiculous. Are you telling me nobody else in the school has had first aid training? Um, sorry, uh, I've had some first aid training, uh, if, if that helps. All right, C-3PO. Pipe down. Wait, what did you say, Jonathan? Oh, it's just that uh, I've had some first aid training uh, back when I was a Cub Scout leader circa 1994. I, I think your training might have expired by now, Jonathan. Well, hang on. Um, Jonathan, what would you do if a child came to you with a bumped head and mild concussion? Um, uh, wet paper towel? Jackie? Mm, yes, well, that, that, that certainly complies with current training. You can't be serious. These are unprecedented times, Ian. You want Robbie the robot over there to be in charge of first aid? If it means our school can play its part in helping out, then yes. Right. I'll go and draw up the rotor. Oh, yeah. A rotor of one. Yeah, good one, Jackie. Uh, do I get a certificate uh, or a badge or, or something? One thing at a time, Jonathan. Right. Uh, yes, uh, of course. What's that? Right, yeah. Looks like they've just announced the key workers. Okay, this is it. This is where we find out how many kids, if any, we can expect in tomorrow. What does it say? Shh, hang on. Any frontline NHS workers or emergency service workers. That's good. We don't have any of them. Social workers, local government officials, transport workers, food delivery services. That's it, right? Supermarket workers, utility workers, funeral services, baristas. Are you sure this is the key workers list? Fruit pickers, limo drivers, estate agents, dog walkers. Are teachers in there? I can't see teachers on the list. They've got home educators, education consultants, education commentators. But, but it does say that it only applies where both parents are key workers, right? It says, children should not come to school unless either one of their parents is a key worker or if they have a pet cat. Oh, for goodness sake. Right, so roughly uh, how many children do you think will be coming to school tomorrow? I would say, looking at that list, roughly 412. Right, and, uh, and how many staff do you have available? Three, including you. I'll go and get hold of Judith. I just hope that woman knows how to zoom. As I left Jennifer and Ian setting up a remote classroom via an online connection with an Italian cruise ship, I couldn't help but feel inspired by Jennifer's leadership. At no point had she allowed the fact that she didn't know what she was doing to interfere with her decision-making process. And as I raided the school's first aid room to stock up on paper towels, ice packs and a random box of children's medication, I felt certain that whatever this new challenge would throw at her, Jennifer would continue to lead the school headfirst into the crisis, with all of her staff loyally following behind her, at a safe distance, or by sitting in their homes and periodically checking their emails. Jonathan Monkton there, experiencing the coronavirus crisis red in tooth and claw, and we'll join him again a little later on in the podcast. And now, a word from our sponsors. Are your kids craving those school-cooked meals? Well, don't worry, because now you can get all your favourite school dinners direct to your door in a can. Every We Can School Dinner is lovingly prepared and canned for your convenience. What will be on the menu today? Pizza? In a can. Roast chicken dinner? In a can. 
salad bar in a can. And at the end of the week, why? It's everyone's favorite. Fish Finger Friday in a can. School dinners, because we can. I'm joined by Ofsted Inspector Gerald Morse, who will be talking us through how Ofsted is adapting to COVID-19. Inspector Morse, hello to you. Uh, hello. Now, Ofsted have suspended all school inspections for the duration of the COVID pandemic, is that right? Well, Claire, the first thing I'd like to make absolutely clear is that Ofsted has suspended all school inspections for the duration of the COVID pandemic. Right. Indeed. Yes. I'm sure all school leaders will want to know, what is the inspectorate actually doing during this time? Well, Claire, we may be suspending all school inspections, but we are not suspending all inspections. If you're not inspecting schools, though, what will you be inspecting? Well, as the nation's children self-isolate, we will be inspecting the quality of education that they are receiving in the home. And how will you be doing that? Well, in light of the government's public guidance for daily life, Claire, we will be adopting a distance inspecting approach. Distance inspecting? Distance inspecting, yes, Claire. Uh, this is where an inspector will arrive at your home unannounced and hang about outside with a clipboard, peering in through the window to see what's going on. And what are the inspectors looking for? Oh, the usual things, really. Uh, does the home have a consistent behaviour policy in place? Uh, is the household's PLT... PLT? Uh, parental leadership team. I see. Yes. Uh, is the household's PLT ambitious for every child in the home? And are they providing all children in the home with a broad and balanced online TV subscription service? And how have the initial distance inspections gone, Inspector? It's had varied success, Claire, I'll be honest with you. Uh, some inspections have gone very well. Uh, the inspectors have been made to feel very welcome as they loiter about outside the home with the families sending out cups of tea and plates of buns on a little skateboard tied to a piece of string, whilst other inspections have gone less well. Less well? Less well, yes, Claire. Um, especially our inspections of homes located in top floor flats. It's very difficult, you see, Claire, for an inspector to fill in his form when he's clinging on the window ledge for dear life. Yes, I can imagine that would be quite challenging. Quite, quite challenging, Claire. And, if I'm speaking perfectly honestly, uh, the families don't seem to like it either. Um, it's very difficult to home-educate a child when there's an off-dead inspector howling outside your living room window begging to be let in. Do you think when all of this is over, Ofsted will change the way they inspect schools? Could this be an opportunity for the inspectorate to reflect on the purpose of Ofsted and the role it plays within education? I don't think so, Claire. No. Inspector Morse, thank you very much. My pleasure. Now over to Adam, who is ready to take some calls in our distance learning hotline. Thanks, Claire. And as you can probably hear, our distance learning hotline is incredibly busy. The phones are literally ringing off the hook. At a time where schools and parents are having to rethink how to educate the nation's children, our hotline is designed to answer any questions a parent might have about how to manage distance learning. It's our way of supporting school leaders support their communities. Now, I've just been given my own headset, so let's jump straight in. Uh, hello? You're through to the HFHHQ Distance Learning Hotline. How may I help? Oh, hi. Uh, what's a phonic? Uh, I beg your pardon? What is a phonic? Uh, a phonic? Yeah, my kid keeps saying she needs her phonics. Ah, oh, right. Uh, okay. So, so what's a phonic? Well, 
Phonics is a system that helps children hear and identify the different sounds that distinguish one word from another. What, you mean reading? Um, well, sort of. But we're doing reading later. She needs a phonics now. What is a phonic? Um, well, you, you need to start with a phoneme. A what? A, a phoneme, a small sound, and you put a couple of these together. So I need a phoneme? Well, not just one, really. Why isn't it called phonemes? Well, because, um, well, phonemes are the sounds, and phonics is the... Look, she needs a phonics. Just tell me, what is a phonic? Thanks for calling. Uh, let's see who else we have here. Uh, hello, caller. Uh, you're through to the HFH Distance Learning Hotline. How can I help? Oh, yeah, hi. I've taught my son fractions, but he doesn't get it. Right. Um, uh, what bit doesn't he get? All of it. Right. Uh, what exactly have you taught him? Fractions. Yes, right. I, I get that. Um, what bit of fractions have you taught him? Well, all of it. Improper fractions? Excuse me, I may not be a teacher, but I know how to teach fractions properly. No, no, I, I meant... Oh, look, never mind. Um, how did you teach him about fractions? Well, I taught him. Yep, I, I know that. And by taught him, you mean... I told him. Right. I told him twice, and he still doesn't get it. Uh, have you tried modelling? No, we're doing DT this afternoon. This is fractions. Yes, um, I would recommend leaving it for a bit. Leave it for a bit? Yes, sometimes a child's brain just needs a bit of time to let new learning sink in. Yes, but he didn't remember what I taught him about decimals yesterday. I mean, how do you teach decimals? Thanks for your call. I hope I've helped. Um, let's see, we've probably got time for one more call. Uh, hello caller, you're through to the HFH Distance Learning Hotline. How can I help? Uh, I, I want to make a formal complaint. Oh, right. Um, uh, what's happened? My child is being bullied. Oh, I see. Uh, is this happening online? No. Nope. Oh. It's happening at school. And by school you mean? Our house. Right. Uh, what exactly has been going on? Well, someone has scribbled all over his work from yesterday. They've done very rude pictures of him instead of taking them onto his bedroom door. And this morning, his cereal bowl was found smashed to smithereens on the kitchen floor. Right. This is unacceptable, and I want something done about it. Yes, uh, I'm not quite sure what we can do about this. Um, I mean, is he, is he the only child in the house? No, he's got an older sister. Ah, and, and do you suppose she might have had something to do with it? Oh, I knows it was her. I just knows it. Right, uh, I see. Uh, so have you tried... But her father, he says she's not done it. Ah. He won't have it that bullying goes on in this school. At home. Whatever, and I've had enough. So I want to make a formal complaint. Uh, can I just check? There's nobody else that could have done it. Well, I mean, there's his little brother. Ah, I see. And, and do the two of them get on? No, they hate each other. But my little baby boy wouldn't have done nothing like what I just said. Even though they hate each other. You calling my little boy a liar? No, no. I'm just saying that maybe, if they don't get on, your youngest son may have had something to do with it. So you're calling my son a liar and a bully? No, no. I'm just saying that... This is unbelievable! No one cares that my son is getting bullied at school. At home. Whatever! You just think this is acceptable? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just not sure what you want me to do about it. Once are excluded. Uh, I don't think I can. I mean, I don't really have the authority to... I knew this would happen. You're all the same. You won't deal with it properly because you don't want a bad exclusion record. Um, have you tried off-rolling her to her grandparents? Oh, I've had enough of this. I'm going to take my complaint to the governors. Uh, does your house have a governing body? Excellent call there. Uh, glad to have helped. 
And remember, our HFHHQ distance learning hotline will be open for the entirety of the lockdown period, so please do keep your calls coming. And now, a word from our sponsors. I had always heard that teaching was a difficult job, so when I found myself in lockdown with three children expecting an education, I was really worried. Luckily, I found bricks and mortar boards, an online university whose intensive teacher training course allowed me to become a fully qualified teacher in under a week. I was amazed at how easy it was to learn everything I needed to know about planning, differentiation, formative assessment, summative assessment, the core curriculum, the wider curriculum, extracurricular expectations, EAL, behaviour management, safeguarding, child protection, special needs, British values, staff mug etiquette and, most importantly, work-life balance. And all in under a week. So what are you waiting for? Become a teacher today. Bricks and mortar boards, from couch to classroom in five days. And now we return to our final instalment of Jonathan Monckton's Ahead in Headship report to find out how Carefree Community Primary School is managing the recent school closure. It's been five days since the nation has been in lockdown. Head teacher Jennifer Humble has led the school into this crisis with a winning combination of hope, desperation and a daily consumption of alcohol units five times greater than the government's recommendations. Jennifer and her team meet daily via an online conferencing app to reflect on how well they are managing the crisis. As the school's recently appointed first aider, and being the only member of staff permanently on site due to being forced to self-isolate on school grounds following my return to China, I join them for their weekly meeting. Okay, are we all logged in? I'm here. Hello? Jackie Boots. Hello? Where's Judith? I'm just looking at an empty cabin. I'm here, Jennifer. I'm just lying down. Yes, it would help if we could see you, Judith. That's sort of the point of video conferencing. Sorry, it's just... I've just finished my distance learning PE workout with the Year 3s and I'm, I'm afraid I'm not as nimble as I used to be. Trying to do 50 burpees without vomiting down the lens is quite an effort. There. Is that better? Can you see me now? Yes, we can see you now. How's it going being stuck on a luxury cruise ship out in the Mediterranean sun away from danger, Judith? Are you and your husband coping? It's actually harder than you might think, In Since the lockdown, we can only leave our cabins to swim, sunbathe, dine or play bridge. I'm starting to get cabin fever. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, if we could get started, please. Excuse me, Jennifer. Why is there a Cyberman joining us for this meeting? Hello, uh, Jonathan Monkton. Jonathan Monkton from Heading for Headship here. Hello. Yes, Jonathan, remember it's quite difficult for us to understand you through your hazmat suit. If you could raise your hand first if you wish to speak. Uh, yes, I, I think that's it. Uh, hello? Now, if we can start with the daily registers, please. How many children are we expecting today? Uh, 36. And how many actually came in? Three. Oh, can we not try and get a better handle on which children are coming in? Sorry, Jennifer. We do try. It's just that key workers' shift patterns change so quickly. It's a very dynamic situation. 
I know, I know. It's just we keep calling staff in and then having to send them home. I don't want to risk staff safety unnecessarily. You're telling me. Dan and Laura nearly got into a fist fight earlier when I had to tell them one of them was going home. Well, they must understand that it's a very dynamic situation. But you can't blame people for wanting to stay in their own homes, I suppose. No, they were fighting about who gets to stay. They love it here. The playground, the field, the children. And more importantly, the chance to escape from your own family for a few wee precious hours. Uh, what are those noises? Uh, Jonathan Monkton, at your service. No, I don't think they're coming from you, Jonathan. Judith, is that you? Oh, it's just Michael. He's been having a few problems with the restricted diet. I told you about the eggs, didn't I? Um, I'll tell you what. I'll try raising my arm. Uh, is that better? Michael, there's an emergency pickled egg in the first aid kit. Try that. But do try and keep it down to a minimum. I'm in a meeting. If we could stay focused, please. Ian, how's the staff rotor going? Well, pretty well. Everyone is rotated on one day a week, with no cross-contamination of staff groups, each teacher having a seven-day gap between shifts, and we've now installed a disinfectant human sheep dip just off the staff car park, so people can jump in and out as they enter and exit the building. Excellent. But obviously, if we get to a point where we need more staff in, or if any staff gets sick, then we could get into difficulties. Yes, it really is, as I've said, a very dynamic situation. Jackie, if you mention that this is a very dynamic situation one more time, I swear I'll airdrop you into the nearest Asda with bags of pasta strapped to your body and let you take your chances. Um, sorry to interrupt. I'm getting some interference up my end. Oh, Judith, please! Can you not put a cork in him or something? It's not his fault, Ian. Hang on. Michael! Michael! Did you take your whiskies this morning like I told you? What? What? No, don't open the door! Oh, my goodness! I'm sorry, everyone. I have to go. I'll link in again after bingo. Ah, oh, uh, that's better. Uh, I think the interference has gone now. Well, that's one way of putting it. If we can please try and stay focused. Now, um, Jonathan, are you trying to raise your hand to speak or are you having a stroke? Ah, uh, yes. Um, uh, according to their Twitter feed, uh, I think the DfE are about to announce an important update about government food vouchers for vulnerable families. Ah, oh, now, yes. Now, the supermarket vouchers should have been released yesterday morning. Great. But they weren't. And why not? We don't know. And why don't we know? I don't have that information right now, Jennifer. I'm not going to lie, but I think it's safe to say that there has been an awful lot of confusion surrounding the whole voucher system. It really has been very... Don't say dynamic! Um, confusing. What's so confusing about it? I got an email the night before last saying that the government were going to send all the food vouchers to schools to help schools take control. Well, no, hang on there, Ian. I got an email yesterday morning saying that schools were going to be sent an email for them to forward on to parents, which would give them access to the food vouchers to help parents take control. That's not quite right either, Jennifer, I'm afraid. The DfE updated their guidance yesterday afternoon to say that all schools now needed to send them an email with a list of all the parent details so they could send families the vouchers directly. 
to help the government take control. Um, sorry, uh, I hate to interrupt, uh, but I've just read a new tweet from the DfE saying that they're now not going to send out any vouchers to anyone and that schools will need to sort out feeding the vulnerable themselves. Uh, they said this will help anyone but them take control. Right, think people, what can we do? I'm not letting our families starve. We are going to take control of this situation. Uh, well, why don't we write to the families explaining the government's cock-up and tell them that we'll put together some emergency food parcels ready for collection tomorrow. OK. Jackie, start writing that letter. Ian, place a food order with our suppliers straight away. Already on it. Yes, Jennifer. Um, if you're on a restricted diet, there are some very good online videos available about cooking on a budget. I saw a fascinating one last night about how to make your own pasta using house dust and spittle. Uh, would you like me to forward you the link? I don't think we're that desperate yet, Captain Wuhan. Uh, Judith, what's your email address? Jonathan, what are you talking about? Right, food order done. 800 loaves of bread, 2 tonnes of cheese, 24,000 packets of crisps and more apples than you'll find at an iPhone convention. All arriving tomorrow at 6am. Jennifer, I can confirm. The letter has now been sent. Great. Well done, team. Oh, uh, well, this is interesting. Uh, the DfE have just announced that they are going to send all the vouchers to the schools uh, to help schools take control. Jonathan, that's the email Ian read out earlier. The one sent out the night before last. Haven't you been listening? Uh, I'm afraid that interference has come back again. Uh, listening to it now, though, it, it almost sounds as though someone's breaking wind. Oh, God. He's on a delay. What do you mean? Jonathan. He must be on a dodgy connection. He's on a bloody delay. Uh, Judith, uh, you might find a pickled egg helps with the flatulence. There. Don't you see? We've been listening to a man who's more behind than Judith's husband. Uh, sorry, are you telling me that letter to parents we've just sent... That colossal food order we've just placed. Has oh, been an absolute waste of our time, money and resources. Aye. Gosh, this whole thing really is a rather... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it really is a rather dynamic situation, isn't it? Jonathan, when you finally catch up to where we are right now in the conversation, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that you are, without doubt, the most useless and biggest f Ah, now, uh, that's better. Uh, I can hear you all now, uh, loud and clear. Uh, hello? Hello, Jennifer? Ian? Uh, Miss Boots? Uh, is anybody there? Uh, hello? As I waited patiently for Jennifer and her team to reconnect, I reflected on what I had learned during my time at Carefree Community Primary School. I was still thinking when I was suddenly called to a first aid emergency, following a child who was suffering from acute shock, having witnessed their class teacher clean up a cabin toilet in a luxury cruise ship just off the coast of Italy after inadvertently logging into a conference call whilst in the first aid room. As I draped a wet paper towel over the child's frightened face, I wondered how long this would all go on for and whether all head teachers were managing as well as Jennifer Humble, who, despite all that was being thrown at her during this dynamic situation, was demonstrating to all that she was truly a head in headship. 
Jonathan Monckton there with the final part of his Ahead in Headship report and we wish him well as he continues to be the lead first aider at Carefree Community Primary School. All the best, Jonathan. Just a few moments left to look at some of the tweets that have been coming in. At Paranoid Android tweets, COVID-19 is just a hoax so schools can get out of SATs. At Home Educator tweets, ha ha ha, you're not laughing at me now, are you bitches? At Zero Tolerance tweets, never been a better time for children to work in isolation. All my behaviour booths now 50% off. Hashtag discipline saves lives. And at Nick Gibb tweets, I've never felt more alive. Lovely stuff. And that's it for now. We hope you've enjoyed our HFH special coronavirus report. We'll be back with a new series of Heading for Headship a little later in the year when, who knows, maybe everything will be back to normal. We hope so, as we don't want to have to rewrite the entire series. So if coronavirus could please just stop, we'd be really grateful. I'm Claire Savoy. And I'm Adam Hare. And you have been Heading for Headship. Goodbye. That was Heading for Headship Coronavirus Special Report, a brained comedy production for nobody in particular. The script was written and performed by Tim Browse and Ellie Swain. You can enjoy more brain comedy by subscribing to their podcast, available on iTunes, Google Podcast, and any other podcatcher you choose to think of. Other series available include Heading for Headship Series 1, The Staff Room, which one half of Brain absolutely hates, and their edu comedy sketch show, Eduland. Heading for Headship will return with a second series a little later in the year. Follow Brained on Twitter or visit their website www.brainedcomedy.com. <laughs>